I'm glad that I know that name. I'm glad that I know that I can call upon that name. And that he answers and responds to it. I have been fortunate enough to see the response of when I call on that name and have obtained salvation through that name. But this morning, we know that we're growing apostolic legacy. And uh, as you have a legacy, as you are growing, uh, you have to figure out sometimes how to survive and thrive in the season that you're in, in the life that you work through. And uh, I think everybody here over the last probably three years has had to learn how to survive and figure out how do we thrive when situations come against us or dictate certain actions can't be taken. Uh, We can either shrivel up, wither, die, or we can dig deeper and we can figure out how to make it through it. And then hopefully we mature to where we're actually thriving and we're continuing to produce through that. But uh, kind of surviving some of the elements and sun and rain, uh, when we look in Matthew 5, 45, it says, to show you that you are the children of the Father who is in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the wicked and on the good and makes the rain fall upon the upright and the wrongdoers alike. A few verses down, it says, you therefore must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness and mind and character, having reached the proper height of the virtue and integrity as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's a pretty tall order there, and I don't know if you know, we've probably heard that scripture, we probably you know, reference the latter part of it, the rain falls on the just and the unjust is what the King James says. Um, But this is actually in the package of scriptures that is where the Beatitudes are located. So not too far away from here, God's also talking about this topic. So these are the words of Jesus that you just heard. And, you know, a lot of times when we look at that verse we can sometimes have in our mind, well, that just means it is what it is. Nothing I can do really has any impact on what the outcome's gonna be. It's gonna rain on me, whether I'm good or I'm bad. Uh, I'm good, but bad things keep happening to me. This is probably the worst one. What does it matter what I do? Good or bad things are still gonna happen. And we can fall into that trap sometimes. And that verse, you know, I think if you look on it in the negative form, you can end up kind of having this type of attitude, uh, which I I find um, a little bit, uh, 
interesting that this does fall within the Beatitudes. So this is just a continuation, and this is really talking about what is your spirit, what is really driving you forward. But we'll kind of break this verse up into two parts. So first part, for he makes the sun to rise on the wicked and the good. And, you know, there are circumstances in our lives, trials, you know, our natural elements that we're dealing with, uh, and those can be summed up into good times and bad times. We can view that as the sun, and we can view that as the rain. And they exist. There's not any way to avoid them, but you can survive and you can thrive through them. So typically, when we think of the sun, uh, we think of harvest, bounty, the blessings. These are those good times that we're living in. The times that we have victory, we experience the goodness of God. And believe it or not, this is not exclusive to the children of God. Right. So when you see somebody else receiving a blessing and you're just like, well, I know they don't go to church. How are they getting this? The sun shines and rises on the wicked and on the good. So it is, again, this is not an excuse for you to say, well, what's the point in living for God? Because we'll get to, to why this matters uh, later on. But uh, living for God does have an impact on the outcome, even though the cir circumstance, situation may not, in fact, be the same. In Psalms 80, verse 10, it says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of the wickedness. It doesn't mean that when we're in the sun that it's easy. The yoke and the burden may be light, but there's still a yoke. There's still burden that goes along with it. You just have the Almighty that's helping you carry it and get through it. And, you know, during those times, we're blessed, and a lot of times, we kind of have this mentality. We're blessed, we bless. So if I've got a bunch of money, you see a lot of times, rich people, what do they want to do? They want to bless less fortunate people. But those same people, when maybe they didn't have a lot of money, they weren't able to do that, they weren't willing to do that, they were saying, I need the money, I need the money. So it's very easy for us to end up in a, when we're blessed, that's the only time that we bless. And it is... I've seen plenty of people who aren't blessed, but they are like the widow's might, and they give what they can. Maybe I can't give you money, but I can make you a meal, or I can help you do something. I can, something as small as I can give you an encouraging word. Believe it or not, just saying have a blessed day to somebody can completely transform their outlook on that day. 
So you can still give because you know Jesus. You're blessed. You've obtained salvation. You're blessed. You should always be operating in a state of I'm blessed. And so you always have something to give. In Psalm 72, 17, it says, His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. This is the, the start of a verse, a, a psalm that David wrote about the king, not necessarily the, the heavenly king, but he was writing a psalm about the king, and there is this image, there is this kind of mental picture uh, that we have formulated as humans of the positivity of the sun. Uh, it's something that's always there. It always seems to rise. It, again, is tied to the positive outcomes, most typically, uh, especially in ancient times, of uh, the produce of the harvest. And there is an importance in the consistency and faithfulness of what our praise is. And uh, in this prayer, David kind of highlights the blessing that the son provides, and he wants that blessing to rest upon the king for eternity. Later on, he would write that blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever, from the rising of the sun to the going down of it, and from east to west, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Rarely, when we are living in the good times, in the sunny times, are we questioning God. We're typically not like, oh, God, why are you blessing me so much? Why does everything have to go my way? What? You just heard Bishop talk about, I'm making three times as much. Why do I have to give more than I was even making before? Typically, uh, we don't kind of enter into that mindset. Uh, and we can sometimes feel like, oh, it's easier to praise the Lord in the good times. It's, it's easier to tell of his goodness. Maybe it's easier for me to get out and dance and, and do a jig for the Lord. Maybe I can shout, you know, because shouting is typically uh, reserved for victory or triumph. So when I'm feeling good, I can shout. I can talk about the Lord. I can tell of what he's done for me. You know, typically those things are at the top of our mind when we're living in the sunny times. Uh, but you can also sometimes end up a little bit lukewarm because you can become indifferent. I've lived and I've basked in the goodness of God, and you can almost become complacent at times. And that's where you can... Uh, if you're not developing the soil that you are living in, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, 
you can, that sun, that complacency can scorch you. Uh, but in the good times, hopefully what is happening is you are gaining strength, you're growing, and you're building something that's going to allow you to survive in those hard times uh, and, you know, what we would view as our rainy times. In Ecclesiastes 1, 9, it says, The thing that has been, it is what will be again, and that which has been done is that which will be done again, and there is nothing new under the sun. We have a security knowing that God is not surprised. He's in control. I have confidence in the word that he has given us right here. He's given us all the answers to the good times and to the bad times. And guess what? They're still applicable today. And it still works. In Micah 4.2, it says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. Now, again, you'll remember we talked about the rain falls on the just and the unjust. What do I have to benefit, whether I'm good or bad? Why does that matter? Here, if you fear the name of the Lord, if you fear the Lord, it unlocks this ability that the son of righteousness can heal you, whether that's emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. But that same fear instills empowerment. It instills deliverance. It sets you free. It gives you peace. It allows you to be an overcomer. And when you start recognizing that that is what is unlocked when, yes, I may not be able to control what comes my way, but my response to it and who I'm in relationship with does dictate what I get out of it, you end up looking like these cows that are just coming out after being in the barn for winter. If you've never seen cows that have been in a barn during the winter and they open up the doors to let them out, they literally begin frolicking and jumping and leaping. And when you get tapped into that fear of the Lord and you start experiencing empowerment, deliverance, peace, power, your response to that is joy. Your response is growth. Your response is a positivity. And it is uh, encouraging to know that what is produced out of us is far greater than what we'll experience. Unfortunately, the verse doesn't stop at the sun, but it goes on to say it makes the rain to fall on the upright and the wrongdoers alike. And, you know, as we look through the power of water on earth, whether it's storms, floods, mudslides, sinkholes, 
diseases, which is maybe an odd one that you can think, wow, how is a disease spread when we have all of these types of catastrophes? Well, things that shouldn't be in places end up in places, and things can breed, and this is something that if we allow those floods to come into our lives and overtake us, and we allow disease to take root, and whether that's a, a poor spirit, whether that's a poor attitude, that can fester, and that can bring us down. And it, it is, uh, a lot of times, you know, when we read in the Bible, storms, rough, turbulent times, we relate those to, uh, you know, our struggle, our turbulent times, and <clears throat> A lot of these things can actually be addressed if you've prepared the ground for which is going to be affected uh, appropriately. If you've allowed the sun to scorch your soil, become hard, compacted, when the trial comes, when the rain comes, The water doesn't seep into the ground. It runs over top of it. It ends up creating catastrophic damage. And if you never have yourself exposed to the sun, and here we can use sun as S-O-N, and you just constantly live in a deluge of rain, or maybe you just have an Eeyore attitude of, why bother? Oh, no. Your ground can become oversaturated, and you're not able to, uh, you end up with the mudslides and sinkholes and things like that. Uh, but we're reminded, we'll go all the way back to Sunday school, and... We know the story of the wise man and the foolish man. One built their house on the rock. One built their house on sand. You'll notice rains, floods, winds. They went through the same thing. Rain falls on the just and on the unjust. But because of their relationship, the outcome of that is completely different. We know that not only, the, the Bible doesn't just say that the, the house on the sand incurred damage or uh, it fell down. It says it, it fell and great was the fall. So it is, uh, uh, there have been, uh, I've seen Something that, oh, somebody's starting to fall. If they would have just approached this maybe a little bit differently, it wouldn't quite be as catastrophic as it is. But because they're not built on the rock, they don't have a relationship, they don't have that security of knowing, I've got something underneath that's going to support and sustain me regardless of whether this turns out how I want it to or not. And the, the fall ends up being very great. Uh, 
in Isaiah 45, 8, it says, Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. He's still in control, even in the rain. And believe it or not, this verse is talking about, hey, send the rains and bubble up springs. So I'm getting hit from both sides. Have you ever felt like you're getting hit from both sides? Amen. Yet the Lord's still in control. And when we look at what you need, can a, a crop or a plant, uh, we can even extend that to ourselves, animals, can they grow or produce anything if they have not been exposed to rain, water? Everything needs water to survive. So we can say, oh, I don't want to go through the trial. I don't want to go through the storm. Does anybody enjoy that portion of it? But hopefully we can recognize it's necessary for us to go through those things because multiple things are happening. A, that's allowing us to dig deeper into our support system, which hopefully that support system is this thing right here. But you are also uh, building connections and hopefully we've got several trees that may be planted around this area and you can connect and you can intertwine your roots together and that can hold you forth. And it is important that we experience both the sun and the rain. They're both necessary if there's gonna be a harvest. Both are necessary if we're going to survive and grow in the Lord. And our survival and growth are each a blessing and necessary for producing sustaining fruits for us. So where are you rooted? In Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, it says, Most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, by the river, and it shall not see in fear, prepare ourselves before we even get exposed to the elements. If you walk into uh, a situation and you haven't prayed about it, Sometimes you can be caught off guard about what a report. Uh, you can go in, you know, when you hear something that is maybe not a positive report, like that's when we get into God before you went. So it is, uh, we've got to get tapped into uh, something that's going to sustain us. And if you're in the elements, one of the best things is to get to the living water. Get tapped into his water, his streams. When we're tapped into that, 
we're nourished, we're able to sustain the heat, we've stored up something for those long times of drought, and we, can, we are able to actually continue to produce in those times because we're not just meant to survive. We're not just meant to get through it, make it over the finish line, but we're meant to thrive. The Bible doesn't just say we're conquerors. It says we're more than conquerors. So this, oh, sure, I will be happy if I limp over the line getting into heaven because I've made it to heaven. But that's not what we're intended to do. We're intended to walk over that line in victory, in confidence, encouraged, empowered, and it, it, it comes down to how are we preparing ourselves? And how do we respond to the sun that we receive? How do we respond to the storms that we get? And we have to get ourselves right to have the correct response to his exposure. Look at another parable in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. You had four different types of ground. So where you choose to plant yourself has a significant impact on what you're able to produce. This is good soil. This is probably, you know, and we can talk about Facebook, YouTube, whatever things you want, and they're all wonderful and hilarious, and you can have fun on all of them, but if that's what you're building on is the world, the habits of the world, you're going to end up in a pathway or on rocky soil or thorns. And what you're going to get out of that when the sun comes, when the rain comes, you're going to be washed away, you're going to be eaten up, you're not going to have the strength to get through. In Psalms 23.4, talks about a rod and a staff. We need correction and we need guidance. The rod is there to correct us, to get us back in line, but the staff is pointing us, pulling us in the direction that we should be. And so we've got to allow ourselves to respond to the rod and the staff so that we make sure that we're tending our soil appropriately. Because when you get into good soil, what comes out of that is not just, oh, I put in one seed and I get one plant. It is a hundred times, 60 times, 30 times what I've invested in that. And so it is incumbent upon us. It's, it's to our benefit to dig in, till up, get the chaff, remove the rocks and the stones out of our soil so that we can be ready and prepared so that when he offers us correction, that's moving a, that's taking a stone out of our soil. Right. Right. 
when he is guiding us, he's, he's making sure that, hey, we're, we're being planted right. We're, we're putting it in the right place. And we've got to get to a, a point where we recognize that there is some responsibility on us as we're going through experiencing the sun, as we're experiencing the rain, of what we're going to be. God wants us all to be good soil. That's his desire. But we've got to actually do it. We've got to push and allow that to happen. In uh, your trial, the struggle that you are going through, really shouldn't be strange. In 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Think we've fallen into that trap of, why me? And not only is this a trial, but this is a fiery trial. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know, a lot of times it feels like you're in three phases. There are three seasons to life. You know, you're in a trial, you're coming out of a trial, or you're fixing the head right into one. Uh, and that can be a, uh, a daunting uh, statement to think about. Again, rain falls on the just and the unjust. What's our attitude going to be? Okay, well, I'm going to go through things, so what does it matter? But it is important for us to have some context in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18, it says, For our light affliction, doesn't always feel light, does it? Which is but for a moment. A lot of times it doesn't seem like it's just for a moment. Worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's something growing inside of you that is going to far outlast whatever you're experiencing here on earth. It's something that you're going to carry forward into eternity. And Acts goes on to say, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good, and he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and with gladness. And he has left us with a promise in Isaiah. It says, But for now, in spite of past judgments for Israel's sins, thus saith the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you, ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving you captives. I have called you by your name, your mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. 
and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt to the Babylonians for your ransom. Ethiopia and Seba, a province in Ethiopia, in exchange for your release, because you're precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you. I will give men in return for you and peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east where they are dispersed and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. It does not make the trial, the struggle, the circumstance go away, but it should change your attitude about and the outlook regarding going through those things. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 12, 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Again, we go back to that verse that we referenced at the beginning, Matthew 4, 48. You therefore must be perfect. It's a tall order. Growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character. Again, this is an attitude thing. This is a way that your attitude should be. And that's going to form godliness and it's going to be what your character is. How do you act? You know, Brother Charlie Edge used to say integrity. What's that inner grit that you've got? Having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly Father is perfect. The singers, other musicians want to come. Our goal is to end up into completeness. And we all know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I know I'm not ever going to be perfect. But my goal is to reach the proper height of virtue and integrity. I'm trying to make it to where I need to get to. And 
It's not easy. I know everybody here knows what I've had to go through. Every single person in here, I can look around. I know what you've had to go through. I know what you've had to go through. I know what you've had to go through. And we're still here. We're still able to praise the Lord. We're still able to offer something up. And in a lot of cases, I would say I've seen new sides of people, new fruits that they're producing, all because of the experience that they've gone through. They are stronger than I would have ever pictured them to be. They are more positive than they were before. And that is an encouragement to me. When we talk about what can you give, is it the widow's might? Well, maybe it's just your response to the situation that you're in is enough to impact somebody's life and be a blessing. Let's stand and get ready. We can gather around. Lord bless you.